Hello, and welcome back to Black Summit's Market Commentary Podcast, where we explore current market dynamics and forces shaping global economic, geopolitical, and financial developments. My name is Ethan, and this is Eleni. Welcome back. Today, we'll be talking about earnings. In light of the expected release of earnings reports, we will be focusing on what will be included in these reports and the significance they bear on the overall market outlook. July 2nd marked the midpoint of the year 2021. Most companies have already filed their second quarterly reports for the calendar year. These reports share their performance in categories like net income, earnings per share, earnings from operations, and net sales. These reports are essential for investors to determine which companies deserve investments compared to others based on performance. Yes, Eleni, there is something to note. Most companies don't follow a calendar year approach when they release their quarterly reports. For example, Apple starts their fiscal year in September. That way their new product releases like the iPhone or the new Mac hits mid-September to kickstart their new fiscal year. And I just found out Microsoft's fiscal year end was on June 30th. Interesting. Well, that one makes sense. So not every company releases these statements on the same day. And I was getting various states when I was researching, but it seems like a lot of the earnings are released in this time of year for the second quarter, or at least one, some quarter of their fiscal year. So we'll probably be seeing earnings reports from late June to early August in some cases, I would expect. Correct. There's two different types of reports that all public companies must file in accordance with the SEC or the Securities Exchange Commission. Both of those reports need to be submitted to the SEC and let the public have access to them. These reports are commonly known as 10Ks and 10Qs. So 10Ks are annual reports that reveal an in-depth and detailed look into the company. It includes financial statements, future outlooks and projects, major changes within the company itself, and changes within the industry the company deals in. So what you're saying is 10Qs are less detailed than 10Ks because they're only quarterly as opposed to annual reports, correct? Right, that's exactly what they are. Okay, okay. So one of the most important aspects um, of of these reports that investors pay attention to are the company's earnings for when they make these investment decisions. So more specifically, a company's earnings are its after-tax net income. So basically, their bottom line or profits. Yeah. These metrics are key fundamentals to determine a stock's value. So therefore, these earnings reports that are being released are very important. Yes, they are. And another key thing to note is that earnings are at an overall high compared to previous reports. I was reading Wisdom Tree's mid-year outlook, and it mentioned how in 2020, earnings only declined 13.1%. Yes, that's quite remarkable considering that unemployment was at an all-time high. The S&P was down 30%. My thoughts exactly. They also pitted the comeback to be in the mid-30, 35% year-over-year growth range. In this outlook, the S&P could be heading in a direction where earnings per share could be over $200 in 2022 or even earlier. I was reading the Yardeni earnings forecast, and he had some of the same predictions. In his July 6th edition of his forecast, he had the earnings per share of the S&P 500 at $1,000. 
$195 for 2021 and $205 for 2022. Yes, and this is a significant jump from where the S&P ended in 2020, just shy of $140 per share. However, at these earnings, the market will trade for a little less than 20 times its earnings, which isn't necessarily ideal. But it is also worth mentioning that earnings overseas could see an even bigger jump. Absolutely. Investors should keep an eye on European earnings because they took a bigger hit from COVID-19. And there's more room for them to bounce back. Yes. And the MSCI Emerging Market Index is even rumored to increase as much as 45 to 50% in earnings growth by the end of the year. Whoa. I didn't know it was going to be that much. It's very interesting. Do you know more about what to expect from the earnings reports and specifically some of the companies to look out for? Yes. J.P. Morgan Chase's report on its fiscal quarter two is scheduled for release on July 13th. The consensus estimate for revenues is $29.85 billion, which turns into a $3.09 EPS. This report is lower than the previous quarter at $32.3 billion in revenue. This is attributable to 5% year-over-year drop in net interest income. The net interest income dropped due to J.P. Morgan's new strategy to hoard cash due to long-term inflationary concerns, a topic we discussed earlier in our third podcast. Oh, yeah, I remember that, about them stockpiling cash, right? Yeah, yeah, they're hoarding cash from loans now because they expect they can raise the rates of future loans later, higher rates, when inflation will be affecting the markets. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. Other banks, including Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley, and Goldman Sachs, have all projected their their second quarterly estimates on average of 29% lower than they were in quarter one. So banks will be taking a hit this quarter. But the overall market seems to be doing pretty well. Um, After exceeding expectations by 24% in the first quarter of 2021, Overall earnings were expected to continue to rise in the second quarter, above expectations as well. I was even reading that analysts would gradually increase their expectations for quarter two as new data surfaced. For example, the Atlanta Feds projected an increase of 10.5% in GDP, and consensus earnings are up 547% for the second quarter compared to this time last year. I was reading that as well. However, A UBS analyst, Keith Parker, still believes that the bar is still set too low for second quarter earnings and expects the S&P to beat consensus estimates, at least 15% driving the index to new highs. These expectations seem promising, so we'll have to see how the earnings turn out in the coming weeks and how they affect the markets. Absolutely. So now for the miscellaneous minute. We want to end our podcast with some fun and unrelated news happenings in our area or in the world. This week, we are sticking to our area. This past week in Lexington, we have celebrated and are continuing to celebrate Lexington Burger Week, which features 26 burgers in the Lexington area that are battling to be the best burger in the area. The best part, each burger is only $6. 
These burgers are not featured on the regular menu of participating restaurants, and the chefs try to create the most unique burger in town. In 2020, over 100,000 burgers were consumed during Burger Week, and you can collect stamps on your digital passport for chances to win prizes from an ultimate grill out to free burgers for a whole year. Last night, I tried the Fundido Burger from La Hacienda. Really? Yes, it was very good, but I was a little bit of a wimp from the spice. The spicy queso on top of the jalapenos on top of the chorizo sausages was a little too much for my tongue, but the flavor was very good. Have you checked out any burgers? No, I haven't checked out any burgers yet, but I want to try the Rhonda's Kitchen Havana Nights Burger. It's a third pound Kentucky Darling beef burger topped with cilantro pesto smoked tomato salsa, pickled red onion, cochija cheese, blistered serrano, and chili lime dusted tortilla chip. I don't even know what half of those things were, but it sounds so good. I want all the spices. Well, you're much braver than me. It sounds like a good burger. You'll have to try it. Well, come back next Friday to learn more. This concludes the market commentary with Black Summit. To learn more or get in touch, visit our website, blacksummitfg.com, or our Facebook page, Black Summit Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. The views mentioned do not reflect the views or opinions of Black Summit FG. Clients of Black Summit Financial Group may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast. We do not recommend any securities or options mentioned nor is this a research report or investment advice. Bye. Thanks, you too.